is beautiful. And uh, take your Bibles tonight. We've been blessed with some great music all day long. And I, I appreciate all that uh, put the time in to uh, make sure that they're prepared and sing. And of course, just bless us with that. Go back in your Bibles tonight to Matthew chapter number two. I think I've spent the entire day in Matthew's uh, gospel of the account of the birth of Christ. Tonight's message is wise men still seek him. Wise men still seek him. And I know that many times we talk about the Christmas story, we talk about it was over 2,000 years ago, but uh, if we are truly wise, according to the scriptures, we will continue to seek the Lord even in, in 2018, going into 2019, in just a matter of a couple weeks. Uh, before we begin tonight, a lot of times as a church family, we might have uh, accomplishments and things that I, I believe are worth recognizing, and we've got, uh, we've got a dear couple that's been... Uh, faithful at our church and growing in the Lord. And uh, brother, brother, Mrs. Isidore, why don't you do us a favor? Would you stand for just a second? Go ahead, brothers. You and your wife stand. And uh, this couple is uh, graduating Thursday with their nursing degrees and uh, bachelor's degrees. And let's congratulate them. <laughs> you guys are a blessing. So I just just wanted to Make sure the church family knows. I know they've put a lot of, a lot of hard uh, times studying and preparing for that, and that's quite an accomplishment, and uh, I just wanted to recognize them. They've been growing and faithful, and Lord, so appreciate uh, folks just following the Lord's will, and, and it's, it's exciting to see what God is doing in their lives, their families. I love to see on Sundays, how many of you have noticed their children standing out there greeting people, giving bulletins? And that's a blessing. The whole family, the kids are out in the foyer giving out bulletins, and mom and dad are in the choir serving the Lord. That's, that's the joy of ministry is seeing families serving the Lord together. And so I, I congratulate you on your accomplishment, and uh, Lord bless you in the days ahead. Well, tonight, let's take a look here in Matthew chapter number 2, and let's go back to these first 12 verses again. And we looked at these in, uh, in a different direction on... Uh, Sunday school this morning and the Bible says in verse number one now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king behold there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem saying where is he that is born king of the Jews for we have seen his star in the east and are come to worship him when Herod the king had heard these things he was troubled and all Jerusalem with him and when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together he demanded of them where Christ should be born. And they said unto him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet, And thou, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, art not the least among the princes of Judah. For out of thee shall come a governor that shall rule my people Israel. Then Herod, when he had privily called the wise men, inquired of them diligently what time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search diligently for the young child. And when ye have found him, bring me word again that I may come and worship him also. When they had heard, uh, when they had heard the king, they departed. And lo, the star which they saw in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. And when they were come into the house... They saw the young child with Mary his mother and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented unto him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. 
And being warned of God in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed into their own country another way. Uh, you know, I, I look at this story of, of, of the Christ child, and I see these individuals that the Bible identifies as wise men. And I, I, I'm reminded of things during the Christmas season. Now, a lot of times I, I said this morning that I tend to kind of uh, think a little bit more. I tend to ponder, uh, to mill things over in my heart a little bit. I don't know if it's uh, part of getting older. I don't know if maybe, uh, especially as a preacher, uh, the challenge is having fresh Christmas messages year after year after year because the story doesn't change, but oftentimes we tend to, not on purpose, but overlook certain things that are involved in the Christmas story. I'm very excited about the Sunday school lesson this coming Sunday. It's uh, something that actually was brought to me by another individual that I've never really studied along with the Christmas story. And uh, the Lord allowed me to put something together, and, and I'm looking forward to teaching that. But as I was thinking about these people that the Bible calls wise men, now it wasn't a part of the Christmas story, but how many of you, I'm going to date myself, remember the show called Leave It to Beaver? Uh-huh, that's about 5-10% of us. But you remember the young man that they called Beaver, and he had a brother, anybody remember his brother's name? Wally. Yeah, Wally's sitting right here on the, on the second row. Wally was actually the Wally from the... No, I'm just kidding. But uh, I remember there was an episode where his brother Wally said to Beaver, he said to him, he says, what are you, some kind of wise guy? That's what he said to his brother Beaver. And a lot of times people, they want to act wise. Have you ever met one of those people that honestly, they, they think they know everything. Yeah, yeah. and there's, there's people like that, and sometimes you just have to smile and just nod and just, you know, go along with whatever. But, you know, I think about these people that uh, we're talking about here in Matthew chapter number two, how that they were a great example, and there are others in the Bible that were individuals that were examples of wisdom because they were wise people. Other people in the Bible that I think about are individuals like Enoch and also Noah. These two individuals, according to the Word of God, they were wise enough to walk with God in their daily lives. And if you study those scriptures, you find that they lived in a day, much like our day, that the world was not following after God. The world was going away from God. But yet these two individuals were wise to walk with God in their day. Uh, others were refusing to do that, but both of these people were saved while the world perished because they were wise. I find in the Bible a woman by the name of Ruth, who as you study the scriptures, she was wise enough to stay with her Jewish mother-in-law while her sister-in-law turned around and went back to a life of sin. I read about Mary in the Bible who was wise enough that, remember, her sister Martha was much cumbered about and said, Lord, can't you get my sister to at least do the dishes or something around the house? But remember what Jesus said, she's doing that needful thing. She was wise enough to sit at the feet of Jesus. And then, of course, I read in this passage tonight, these men who came to worship the Lord, and they worshiped him, remember, 
When they came, he was but a child. And they worshipped him. During the Christmas season, from time to time, you might see, whether it's in a store, maybe it might, might be uh, hung up somewhere, a sign that would read this. Wise men still seek him. Wise men still seek him. And the truth is, when you think about that thought, we don't seek him until he first seeks us. Remember how the Bible says that he loved us first before we ever loved him? Aren't you glad that he loved us while we were yet sinners? I think many times how the, the Lord was so good and so gracious to me that he didn't say to me, listen, when you get your act together, when you get your life in order, when you get all your ducks in a row, then I will love you. Then I will care about you. The truth is, he sought me. Jesus came down to us in the form of this baby that we read about. The Bible says in Ezekiel 34, look at these verses. For thus saith the Lord God, Behold, I, even I, will both search my sheep and seek them out. I will seek that which was lost and bring again that which was driven away and will bind up that which was broken and will strengthen that which was sick. Aren't those some beautiful words tonight? How the Lord seeks us out as his sheep. And when we respond, listen now, when we respond to his seeking of us, then guess what happens? That makes us wise people. That makes us wise. And that's what the men in our text tonight did, was they responded to him as they were seeking after him. The Lord gave them something called a star. And listen, that's exactly what the Lord does. God will direct our paths the Lord is a light unto my feet, a, 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 a light unto my, a, a, my path, the Word of God says. And as God gives us light, what are we supposed to do? We're supposed to follow that light. Now, many times what we want is we want what's farther out there. Many times we want to know what the future holds. The question tonight is, what are you doing with the light that God has given to you? God has given us His Word. And what he wants us to do is he wants us to read his word, to study his word, to follow the light that God's word gives to us. Jesus said of himself, I am the light of the world. And we need to make sure that we're following that light. And as God gave them that star, they followed it until they came to the place where they were face to face with the Lord. Now think about that. I mean, we don't have the privilege physically to come face to face with the Lord. But as we follow the light that God gives to us, it will lead us into a closer, deeper, more personal relationship with our Lord and Savior. How many of you desire that for your life? A closer, more personal. Folks, listen, we don't have to live our lives in the dark. He wants us to walk in the light as he is in the light. And when these individuals that were wise men, when they met him, listen, their lives changed forever. When you and I live our lives according to the light that God gives to us, the light is going to have an effect. How many of you know that if you live, have you ever heard, they've done studies on this, one of the most depressing places to live 
and has the highest rate of suicides is Seattle, Washington. Because it rains there all the time. The light affects us. Uh, I like a lot of light. Uh, I remember when I came here, our auditorium was kind of dark and the lighting that we had in, in the church was all these can lights and they really weren't throwing a lot of light. And I said to Brother Kenny, I said, listen, we got to do something to get this auditorium brighter. And I remember we put these lights in and our church members walked in and went, whoa, pastor, are you giving sunglasses out? Because it's awful bright in here, you know? I'm the kind of person that, listen, I like to go to the curtains and throw open the curtains, and I like the sunlight to shine in because the light makes all the difference in our lives. Can I tell you, if Jesus is the light, He, too, will make all the difference in our lives. And that's exactly what He did for these wise men. When they followed what God gave them, it brought them to Him, and He changed their lives. I love the wording here, they departed into their own country another way. Now, I know that's talking about they didn't go back to Herod, that they didn't go back the direction that maybe they came from because Herod said, bring me word again. But, you know, I also like to think of it this way. They went in a different direction in their own lives. In other words, they were different than the way they came. Listen, I think every time you come to church, and what do we come to church to do? To meet with God. Every time we come to church, here's my prayer for myself. I want to leave different than the way I came. I want God to do a work in my heart. I believe that's why you came tonight, because I can tell you what, you didn't come to hear me. You came to meet with the Lord, and if you came to meet with the Lord, I'm praying that as you leave tonight that you have met with the King of Kings and that your life will be changed from what it was when you came tonight. Are you with me? Let's be wise people because wise people still seek Him. I want, you to give, uh, I want to give you tonight four things that wise people still do in regards to the Lord. Notice the first thing that we see is wise men still approach Him. They still approach Him. The Bible says again in verse number 1, When Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the east, to Jerusalem. Now the words there, wise men, when you look at it, it's plural. There's more than one. We don't know exactly how many there were. Now, uh, typically, how many wise men do we do commercially do, do people depict that there are? How many? Three. three. And why three? Because of the three gifts, right? Now, again, when you study this out, the word is actually, we oftentimes call them the magi. The, the word that's used here is actually the word magoi because it's plural and it's talking about wise people. They, this word magoi is where we actually get our English word magician from, but it, the word magician a lot of times it could be used in a bad sense, but originally the word was not bad at all. These men were magoi, that means they were philosophers, they were priests, they were astronomers, they, they were individuals that dwelt chiefly in areas known as Persia and, and uh, Arabia. They were learned men. They, they were uh, men of the eastern nations devoted to astronomy, to religion, to medicine. Uh, these were men that were held in high esteem in the Persian courts. Uh, a lot of people were interested in what they were interested in. 
They were very learned men. They, they, they were greatly interested in astrology. And their attention, according to the Word of God, because they followed this star for about a period of two years, was this star had arrested their attention. It was the star that God used to bring them to the Christ child. These learned men, certainly they probably had heard the scriptures because of their, of their education, their upbringing. They probably had heard what the Bible said in Numbers 24, where it says, I shall see him, but not now. I shall behold him, but not nigh. There shall come a star out of Jacob and a scepter shall rise out of Israel. Maybe they knew about that prophecy, and they knew what was foretold. And these men, although they were interested in astrology and other things, uh, it almost seems like to a sense that they were on a spiritual journey. That as they made their way toward this Christ child, they were moving toward the city of Bethlehem because that is where the star led them. Can I tell you that, listen, in your life and mine, who is it that the Bible describes that will lead us and guide us into all truth? Anybody know? The Holy Spirit of God. And I believe the Holy Spirit of God moved these men, these wise men, and brought them to, to the child Jesus. The Holy Spirit impressed upon their hearts the truth of the words that they had read in the Word of God and led them to the Lord Jesus. The Bible doesn't say, again, how many uh, wise men there are in number, but I will tell you this, it doesn't mention their names, it doesn't mention uh, anything else about them, but what does matter about them is that they did arrive in Bethlehem. What matters is that when they approached the Lord Jesus Christ, and they got to that place that they honored him. We talked about that this morning, that they came and they worshiped him. They came and they rendered those gifts to him. They came and they received God's grace from him. And they came to honor this child. They had traveled so many miles to find this child. They traveled through deserts and they had crossed over mountains and they had forged rivers, they had endured hardships, they had faced maybe along the way like the psalmist wrote in Psalm 23, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil because God is with me. They had gone through some of those areas where bandits were lurking in the shadows waiting to rob people of the things that they had, the possessions that they had had. And listen, they did all of this for the sake of coming to Jesus Folks, listen, we don't have to go through all that. We can come to the Lord. I tell people a lot of times when I talk to them, listen, you can get on your knees in your bedroom and you can meet with the Lord. Uh, certainly we can come together in God's house and we can meet with the Lord. But these individuals, they did all that. They went through the deserts and they, they went over the mountains and they forged through those rivers because they thought that what they would find would be worth all the trials and all the hardships, and can I tell you that if you were to ask them when they got there, they would have said it was worth it all. I'll tell you, I've never regretted the day that I came to Christ. It's the, it's the most precious day of my life. God's given me some wonderful days, and I remember the day that I was married, and I remember the day that God gave us children, and so many other special events in my life, but there's never been a day like the day that I came to know him in a personal way. I hope if you're here tonight that you have the day 
in your life that you can look, on, look back on and realize that you, you know him as your Savior. I think about even 2,000 years later that these wise men, they came to the Lord back then. But listen, 2,000 years into 2018, wise men still come to him today. That's what the message was all about today, is if we are going to be wise, we have to understand the importance of Jesus. See, when a person knows the consequences of their unbelief, and they do absolutely nothing about it, that person is not living a life that's based on wisdom. Look what Jesus said in John 8. He says, uh, this I say therefore unto you, that ye shall die in your sins. For if ye believe not that I am he, ye shall die in your sins. Folks, listen, people don't have to die in their sins. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. People can uh, go to heaven and they do not have to go to a place eternally separated from God. The Bible says in Proverbs 29, He that being often reproved hardeneth his neck shall suddenly be destroyed and that without remedy. But listen, when wise people do come to Jesus, it is something very special. But listen, fools do not come to the Lord. Matter of fact, what do fools say? They say in their heart, there is no God. According to the Bible, they are corrupt. They've done abominable works. There is none that doeth good. You see, if we're going to be wise in 2018 and 2019 and the rest of our lives, wise people still approach him. And listen, here's one of the blessings about being a Christian is we know our God is an approachable God. You can come boldly before the throne of grace. Listen, you don't have to sheepishly come before the Lord. One of the young ladies of our church, she, uh, she's getting ready to get married, and she, uh, she knows I like to kind of build things here and there, and, and uh, I enjoy doing that kind of stuff. And she, uh, for her wedding, she wanted something built for her wedding. And uh, I was standing out there a couple weeks, maybe it maybe been a month or so ago, and she came up to me and she had this look on her face and she was just real kind of sheepish about, and, and she was kind of stuttering around. And, and I, I, said, I said, do you want something? And she said, well, I was just kind of wondering if you, would, if you would maybe build this for my wedding. And I said, well, sure I would. And she looked at me with such relief and I said, why, why were you having such a hard time asking? She goes, well, I didn't know what you would say. And I'm like, you know, and it just, it reminded me in my life, and I, I've tried to get better at this, but you know, even my own kids, they're like, dad, people are scared at you. You're a scary person. People don't like to come to you. Brother David avoids me all the time, you know? And, and I'm like, listen, I want to be approachable. Listen, you have to understand, and I, as your pastor, can I tell you tonight, my door is always open. If there is ever any need you have, listen, I don't want you to feel like you can't come to me. Certainly, listen, the great example that I have for my life is Jesus sat down with everyone. Publicans, sinners, Pharisees, he loved everyone. That's the way I want to be in my life. I want to be as approachable as my Savior is. You see, wise people 
still approach him. But notice, secondly, wise, wise men still adore him. Still adore him. The Bible, look at what it says in verse number 2 of chapter 2. It says here, saying, where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and are come to worship him. Look at verse 11 of the same chapter. When they were come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and fell down and worshiped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented unto him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. They adore him. Do you adore the Lord? I mean, think about it. Adoration. Do you show the Lord how much you care about him? One way to do it is what they did. They felt, listen, he was a child. And they fell down at the feet of this child. They worshiped him. When they found him, they fell before him. These, listen, these heathen astrologers, when they came into the presence of Jesus, the Son of God, they had enough insight, enough wisdom to recognize the glory of the one that they had found. And 2,000 years later, with all the light, all the understanding that we have been given in the Word of God, we have the, we have the entire Bible. We don't just have portions of the Old Testament. We've got the entire Word of God. God's given us so much light, and with all of that, people today are still incapable of seeing who He really is. You know, that's still the struggle. That's still the question. Who do you believe Jesus is? There's a lot of people that say He was an illegitimate child. Some people say, well, He was a teacher. They called Him a rabbi. He was a good man, and certainly he was. But can I tell you that he was and is the Son of God? The Scriptures clearly teach that. In our society today, the wisest people are not the scholars or scientists. Certainly, they're not the leaders of our nation. We know that because they just keep tweeting all their nonsense. The wisest people in our world are those who are willing to forsake everything else and do what these wise men did in Matthew 2, to fall down at his feet and worship him. To worship him. And we have just reason to worship him. Think about this. Think about what he has done, past tense, in your life. Think about all he's done. How about this? Think about what he is doing, present tense. How about this? Think about what he has promised to do in your life in the future. You see, he's the God of the past, the present, and the future. God has done so many things for us that it's easy for us to see that we have much to praise him for. We have much to worship him for. The Lord hath done great things for us, the psalmist said, whereof we are glad. Jesus Christ is worthy of our praise. He is worthy of our worship. He deserves all of our love and he deserves all of our devotion and all of our worship. And listen, wise people, they know that they owe everything they have and everything they are to the Lord. You know, I think about people in my life. I'm going to have an opportunity this week to go see my parents. 
I would appreciate it if you'd pray for me. All that, uh, of course, many have been praying for my dad with his cancer, and it's uh, gotten progressively worse. But last time I was there, I, I think I gave the testimony that probably the first time in a long time, my dad actually listened as I shared gospel truth with him. We were there in the hospital room and there was a sound at the door and I turned around, there was a man standing there and he said, uh, he said, uh, would, you, would you men like to have, to take communion? And it was, it was a Catholic priest. And I, actually it wasn't a Catholic priest. I, and I said to him, I said, uh, no, I said, I'm okay. And my dad said, yes, I would. And so he came in and they prayed the Lord's Prayer and he gave my dad communion there laying in the hospital bed. And the man turned and walked out. And my dad said to me, and I never said a word. My dad said to me, he says, you know, he's Lutheran. And I looked at my dad and I said, does he know you're a Catholic? But I was talking to my dad about the Lord when the man interrupted. You know, isn't that like the devil when you're trying to talk to somebody about the Lord? And when, when the man came in, he interrupted. I was right in the middle of something very important. And when the man left, my dad turned to me and said, now where were you at in your story? And I had been praying, Lord, Help me, give me wisdom what to say. And I really believe the Lord's working on it. And I'm going I'm to go back this week and I'm praying that God will give me the opportunity to pick right up where I left off. And, I, and listen, folks, when I think about my, my mom and dad, my mom, I think about so many things. You know what I'm going to get from my mom? The highlight of my mom, she just she loves a card. Just a card. She's always been big on cards. If I could, I'd buy her a million cards. My dad, there's certain things he likes. Some things are things that he would eat. He can't eat right now. If he could, I'd buy, him, I'd, I'd buy him all I could buy him. Say, why would, you, why would you buy her all those cards? Why would you buy him some of that stuff to eat? Because I adore them. They mean the world to me. But can I tell you, 33 years ago when I met Jesus, he means the world to me. I adore him. Do you love the Lord? Do you still seek the Lord? Do you Listen, do you look for ways? Do you know what pleases Him? And are you willing to adore Him, to worship Him the way these wise men did? See, wise people still approach Him. Wise people still adore Him. How about number three? Wise people still adorn Him. They still adorn Him. When these wise men got there, they came before him and they brought gifts in their hands. 
Do you know I've learned a long time ago that it's not the amount of what we give, it's the heart with which we give it. I think some of the things that my kids gave me whenever they were younger that were really more precious to me were things that they had taken the time to color or paint or make something. Those things, those things mean so much more to me than something they can just go out and buy from some store. And these gifts, I mentioned this morning, they, they were gifts that were very significant gifts that they brought. Notice the gold represented Jesus as potentate. In some countries, you would find that when they would approach a king, one of the gifts that they would bring to the king would be gold. The, king, the gold acknowledged him to be the king, and wise men, they would always come before a king and they would do something. They would bow to the king in submission exactly the way that they did when they, when they came to the Christ child. They bowed before him. They acknowledged him as the king of kings and lord of lords. Listen, the gifts that they brought him, they were fitting. They were appropriate for a king. They were foretold gifts. They were something that, that in advance, they, they were foretelling that Jesus, as king of kings, that he will rule and he will reign. They were also gifts that were foreordained because God determined the gifts would help to meet. If you know the story, you know that Mary and Joseph, that Joseph by, by trade was a carpenter. But honestly, these, this young couple, they didn't have much. How many of you still remember what it was like when you first got married and you didn't have much? <laughs> I remember our first furniture was some furniture we got from my sister that, that she had bought it from somebody else and used it for I don't know how long and she gave it to us and we thought that was the greatest stuff. It was junk. Everything in our house was borrowed bought at a thrift store, and I look back on those days, I'm, I'm going to tell you something, they were great days. Mary and Joseph, if you remember the scriptures, listen, they fled for their lives, remember? They went into Egypt. You know it costs money when you travel? Praise the Lord, gas is down to $2.15 a gallon. Hallelujah, God's still on the throne. But it costs money to travel. It, it costs because not only when you travel for whatever mode of transportation, but you've got to eat while you travel, and you've got to stay somewhere when you travel. It costs money when you travel. It costs Mary and Joseph money. It costs them some of their livelihood when they went into Egypt. And guess what? It costs money when they left Egypt and came back. And the Bible says in Hosea, listen, all the way back in Hosea 11.1, 1, when Israel was a child, then I loved him and called my son out of Egypt. That's prophecy. That Jesus, the son of God, would come up out of Egypt. Hey, listen, where'd they get the money to provide for them when they made this trip into Egypt and came back? Guess where they got it from? Gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And guess what God did? God supplied those. Remember, the Bible says that my God shall supply all your need. God knew what they would need to travel down into Egypt and travel back. 
This was a fitting gift. It was a foretold. It was foreordained by God. The gold represented Jesus as potentate, as king. Notice the frankincense. It presents Jesus as priest. This frankincense, it was a gift that the priests would use at the temple when it came time for worship. When the sacrifices were offered up to God, they would use the frankincense. It was made out of a gummy-type substance from certain types of trees, and it would actually release a, a fragrance, a sweet-smelling fragrance. And it reminds us of the Lord, how that he is priest, prophet, priest, and king. How that Jesus Christ became our great high priest, and the Bible tells us that the Lord's priesthood is permanent. Look what the Bible says in Hebrews 7. For he testifieth, thou art a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. That his priesthood is permanent, but it's also powerful. The Bible says in Hebrews 10, every priest standeth daily ministering and offering oftentimes the same sacrifices. Look at those sacrifices that they offer. Look what the Bible says which can never take away what? Sins. Now listen to me, look at me. Those were required by God in the Old Testament times, but God never said that those sacrifices would take away their sins. It was just a type of what was to come in the days ahead. So he says here that those sacrifices can never take away sins. But look at the rest of Hebrews 10. The Bible says, but this man, what a wonderful phrase there. After that, he had offered one sacrifice for sins for how long? Forever. How many times did Jesus have to make a sacrifice? Once. What was the sacrifice? Himself. What was it for? For all sins. For how long? Forever. What a wonderful thought. He, and when he did that, the Bible says he sat down on the right hand of God from henceforth expecting his enemies be made his footstool for by one offering he hath perfected forever them that are sanctified. See, listen, the Lord, when it comes to his enemies, he's just going to put his feet up on them. He's going to make them his footstool because the Lord's, uh, the Lord's priesthood is something that is permanent. It is powerful. But notice the Lord's priesthood, it procures our entrance into God. Hebrews 4, we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet he was without sin. The Bible says, let us therefore come boldly into the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of what? Time of need. See, the Lord's priesthood, it is something that is wonderful, and that is what the frankincense presents Jesus as priest. But then notice the third gift that they brought, the myrrh. The myrrh presents Jesus as our propitiation. Wonderful Bible word there that I think, listen, honestly, we should not shy away from. We should fully understand and comprehend this word that God gives us. Now, myrrh was a substance that oftentimes was used in Bible times to embalm a body of an individual. It reminds us of why Jesus came into the world. 
uh, Paul wrote to Timothy, and he wrote it this way. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. Uh, First John, John wrote this about Jesus. He is the propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. Jesus didn't just die for us. Jesus died for every man, every woman, every boy, every girl. He came to satisfy, according to the scriptures, the holy demands of a just and righteous God. Only Jesus could have satisfied God with his sacrifice. Why? Because Jesus was God in the flesh. The Bible tells us in 1 John 4, 10, here in his love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son. Here it is again. He sent Jesus Christmas. He sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. That's what Christmas is about. Jesus came into this world that we could have eternal life. His sacrifice, the sacrifice of his body and blood, it was all inclusive. Look what the Bible says in Hebrews 2.9. We see Jesus, who was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, that he, by the grace of God, should taste death for every man. For every individual. Jesus came to this earth. Look here. You know why he came down? Because we couldn't go up. Jesus spanned the gap between God and man. He came down to us in the form of a baby. He was born to die. He died so that we might live. And since the dawn of time, listen, you know what man has tried to do through religion? And by the way, religion is man-made. And man, through his best efforts, has tried to reach God. Remember what God did in the Old Testament where he confounded the languages at the Tower of Babel so that man could not get up to God? Well, guess what? Man is still, in this day that we live in, man is trying with his own efforts through religion, through good deeds, but according to the Scriptures, all fall short of the glory of God. People needed someone. God knew that we needed someone. And you know what we needed? A Savior. Someone that would span the gap. And that is what Jesus did when he died on the cross. Can I tell you tonight, you might not have gold, you might not have frankincense, and you might not have myrrh. But I'll tell you what we can do is we can give what we do possess. Say, what do I have? You can give God your love. You can give him your devotion. You can give him your adoration. How about this? Give him your attention. One of the guys, and I did it in a nice way, but this morning during the service, I was standing in the back listening to the choir. I saw one of our men, and I love him. I've had moments like this in my life. He was was back there in the back of the auditorium, and he he was fast asleep. He was out. I don't know if he slept last night. I don't know if he worked last night. I don't know what's going on in his life. Say, what'd you do? I walked up behind him and I went on the back of his head. No, I didn't. (laughs) See, y'all, you're scared of me. See, see what? Brother Kenny's like, yep, Pastor, that's what Pastor would have done right there. Now, let me tell you what I did. I walked up behind him 
I didn't have to worry about being quiet because he was, he was gone. And I, I walked up right behind him, and I put my arms all the way around him, and then I squeezed him. Now, I didn't squeeze him so hard that he couldn't breathe. I just squeezed him. I held on to him. He opened his eyes, and he looked up. And I let him go. And do you know he got up? I walked back over, stood there on the back. He got up, walked back, and he says, I wasn't really asleep. He says, I'm waiting for the preaching so I can get my nap. He's ornery. That's what he is. But folks, can I tell you that we need to give God our attention. I say, Pastor, why would you do that? Because I didn't want him to miss what God had for him in the service. God doesn't want you to miss. Every time we have church and we meet with God, I think about people and I think to myself, not in a bad way, but I think to myself, they missed it. My heart is that everybody would get it. We need to make sure that we're giving him our attention, that we're giving him our labor, we're giving him our praise. We're giving him the glory that belongs to him. See, real worship always, always involves giving. Real worship. And the wise men, they gave. And that's what we should do. What are you giving to him? What do you have in mind? Listen, is there something that you have in mind to give to God this year for Christmas? I like people that make a, make a cake and have a birthday party for Jesus. If you have kids, you should do that. Because it is the birthday of a king. The king. That's why maybe the Lord put that Christmas gifts to Jesus on my heart. It wasn't about the church getting things. Listen, God will make a way. God will provide. But it gives opportunity for us to think of the Lord instead of ourselves. To think of others. You know, think of ways that we, we, we uh, Brother Kenny and Brother Chris and I, we, we went and bought, uh, Brother Kenny picked up, we got some cookie trays and we bought some uh, sub-sandwich trays, and we, we bought enough, and we, we went over to the, to the uh, Pembroke Pines Police Department. And we walked in there, and Brother Chris and I, we had gone to this uh, Citizens Academy, and by the way, if you ever want to do that, you, you can do it. It doesn't cost anything, and I think it's minimal cost, but we went over there, we, so we, we know a few of the officers. We went in there, and we asked for one of them by name, and he came out. And as soon as he opened the door, we were standing there, and Kenny and Chris were holding all these, all these goodies. And, of course, his eyes got real big. And, hey, how you doing? You know, and people are always, they always want to be like, what do you want? <laughs> and we said to him, we said, hey, we just, we just stopped by to tell you that we appreciate you. We love you. That's, think about it. Think about how many policemen hear those words from anybody. And, and so we, we laughed, we, we hugged them, we had our picture taken with them. Then we left there and we, we went to the fire station over here, just up the road from us. 
we knocked on the door guy opened up the door and he kind of had this look on his face and we're standing there and they're holding the goodies and he's like can i help you we're like yeah we're from down the road bible baptist church wanted to stop by and want to just be a blessing to the firemen and thought we'd bring some stuff by and he just he looked at us like wow people don't do that for us and we just told him listen we appreciate he goes i said yeah we're just down the road and he goes oh yeah we just picked up one of your members a couple weeks ago he's talking about (laughs) talking about brother flynn brother flynn's famous up there at the fire station but it was a blessing just to just to 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 give and listen as we gave yeah we gave to the police and we gave to the fire but listen we were doing that for the lord And so we see here that these wise men, they approached him, they adored him, but they adorned him. They gave gifts. But then notice the fourth thing is wise men, lastly, still acknowledge him. They still acknowledge him. Look at verse number 12 of our passage tonight. The Bible says, being warned of God in a dream that they should not return to Herod, look at this, they departed into their own country another way. Now, I mentioned this a minute ago the danger that was there because of Herod, and Herod was seeking the life of the the child Jesus. Because, again, it was all about power, and it was all about authority, and Herod didn't want this, this one who was going to be governor over all the people. And so his intent was an evil intent, but God warned these wise men to return to their homeland, but to take a different route. Don't go back the way they came. Don't go back to Herod. Well, here's the beauty of it is they listen to God. They acknowledge God in their lives. Oh, I wish I had a penny for every time that the Lord was trying to direct one of his children. And instead of them acknowledging God, they decided to go the direction they wanted to go instead of what God was instructing them. See, they acknowledged the Lord. And because of that, they went a different way and they survived the rage of this angry king, wise men, they still turn their ear toward heaven. That's what they did. I so appreciated uh, Miguel and his wife, Christine, this morning. They, they were the two behind the sheet this morning. They did a great job. But I, I told them, I said, just listen to the songs and listen to the narration. And I said, you know, if you can make some If you can make some motions, it was just meant to be like a silhouette type thing. And I was watching them from back there, and it ever so often when I heard Brother Roman and Miss Terry say something about God, I saw Miguel and Christina kind of going like this, or pointing like this, or looking up like this, as if even without words. They were acknowledging God. Wise men still listen. They turn their ear. The Bible says in John 16, when he, the spirit of truth, is come, listen, Jesus said, he will guide you into all truth. But listen, you have to listen to him. He wants to guide you. He wants to show you. Look, let me ask you tonight. Do you believe as one of God's children that God would ever send you down the wrong road? 
So do you think it's wise to listen to him when he's guiding you into all truth? Certainly. The Lord wants to guide us. And our duty is when he is guiding us is to listen to his voice and respond in obedience when he reveals what his will is unto us. The Bible says here that they departed into their own country another way. Can I give you an important principle tonight? Look at this. Those who meet with Jesus are always altered by him. They departed another way. The Bible says if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. How is that possible? By the transforming power of Almighty God. God changes our lives. So the question tonight is this. What or who are you seeking after? What or who? Because that is going to determine if you are wise. The Bible shows us here tonight that those that were religious people of the day, the priests, the scribes of the day, the Bible actually refers to them as men of God, but they, they knew nothing about the true and living God. You see, I think about these individuals with all their learning, these religious people, with all their learning and their familiarity with the Word of God, but yet they were still not wise. They were, according to the Word of God, fools because they failed to follow the light that God had given to them. I remember years ago, and I forget his name, but it really, really stuck out to me because I was raised as a Catholic boy that there was a man who had come to Christ and when he got saved, he began to give his testimony publicly and God began to open doors for this man to give his testimony. And I remember when he gave his testimony, it was very impactful. Now, don't get me wrong. Anyone that gets saved has a testimony for Christ, but this man was just like Brother Bill Flynn. Brother Bill Flynn, I don't know if you know, some of you do, Brother Bill Flynn was actually studying for the priesthood when he got saved. This man who shared his testimony publicly was actually a Catholic priest. Somebody began to share the light of the gospel with him, and God opened his eyes spiritually that he saw that he needed to be saved. Here he was, a Catholic priest. He knew all about God, but he didn't know God. And he was gloriously saved because he was wise enough to receive the light that God had given to him. And when he began to publicly go around, now you have to understand the Catholic Church wasn't real happy about that. But boy, did a lot of people listen to this man's testimony. And his life, his testimony impacted so many others because God began to use him. He was wise. Are you wise? Are you following the light that God has given to you? Are you wise? Because if you are, you have believed the gospel of Jesus Christ. You're wise if you worship Jesus. You are wise if you give Jesus the things that belong to him. You're wise if you listen to him and you heed his voice. Here's a verse that has always hit home with me 
The last part of Luke 12, verse 48, the Bible says, For unto whomsoever much is given, of him shall be much required. And to whom men have committed much, of him they will ask the more. What will you do with the gift that has been given to you? The gift of eternal life. We can't save other people, but I'll tell you this, the gift is meant to be given out. The gift should go on and on and on. What are you doing with the gift that God's given to you? Because that gift is Jesus. Let's bow our heads tonight. Wise men, wise women still seek Him. Remember what Wally asked the beaver? What, are you some kind of wise guy? God's asking you tonight, how wise are you? Are you still approaching me? Are, do you still adore me after all these years of being saved? Do you still adorn him? What are you going to give to him this Christmas season? Do you still acknowledge him? Because if you're wise, you do. That means even around your unsaved co-workers, even around your family that do not know Christ, that you still acknowledge that He is your Lord and He is your Savior. Lord, I pray that you'd bless the invitation. Thank you for this evening. Thank you for the Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, help us to be wise. Lord, just like these individuals that traveled so far, to come into your presence. And Lord, here we are tonight, and you've promised to gather together with us if we come in your name. Lord, I sense your presence here tonight, a sweet spirit. As we just think about this message tonight, before we leave tonight and go out into our homes and our jobs and our routines of this week during this Christmas season, Lord, do we still approach you? Do we still adore you? Do we still adorn you? Do we still acknowledge you? Because if we are wise, the answer to all those questions would be yes. If we are not, then we are not wise. God, help us. Give us wisdom. Pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you?